Welcome to the Your Reformer podcast, where we explore the latest trends, research and ideas in the world of health and wellness. Our show is dedicated to helping you live your best life by providing you with practical tips, expert insights and inspiring stories that will motivate you to take charge of your health. I'm Emma Stallworthy, the founder of Your Reformer, joining me on this journey to better health and wellness. Welcome to the Your Reformer podcast. In today's episode, we're talking to the talented Australian diver, Annabelle Smith. Belle is an impressive Olympic bronze medalist, triple Olympian and Commonwealth Games champion. She's currently training for the 2024 Olympics in Paris, which she believes will be her last. As an empowered female in sport, I really enjoyed chatting to Belle about where her motivation and inspiration comes from and how she finds balance in what we can imagine is a very hectic schedule. She opens up about her experience with injury and importantly, with accepting help as you navigate through life's challenges and the mental load that that can take on us. I thought this was an important message for people, particularly post COVID and the increasing demands for support on mental health. During our interview, I asked her about the pressures on social media and being labelled a role model to young women, as well as the all-encompassing question of what's next after diving. I can't wait for you to hear from Belle. She's a ball of energy and I had so much fun getting to know her. Let's jump into the episode now. Okay, I have the lovely Annabelle Smith here. Welcome. Thank you for joining me to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very excited to have you. So you've already, I'm sure, been up early, done all your training this morning. I have one session down, one more to go this afternoon, but already at it. Yes. So Paris is coming up, is it not, next year, Olympics? Yeah, crazy that we're already almost, you know, one, well, we're within the one year to go before an Olympic Games. So I feel like time has flown, obviously, from Tokyo being a year delayed. It's only been a short cycle, but it's all getting exciting now. Yeah, I bet. I mean, what does life look like with, you know, training for the Olympics in less than a year? Oh, it's crazy. So at the moment, we're really focusing on getting all of our qualifications done. So it's a little bit complicated, but to actually compete at the Olympics, we have to qualify Australia quota spots. So we have to compete at world championships in February, which will be in Doha. It's actually usually in the pool that the Olympics will be and they run it as a test event. But Paris, the pool is going to be temporary and it's not ready yet. So we go to world champs in Doha in Feb and have to come top six for synchro to qualify Australia a spot and then we will have our Australian Olympic trials not till June about a month before the Olympics so it's all pretty busy at the moment and a little bit stressful um, but it's also a really exciting time and this is sort of you know what we all train for. Um, You're a seasoned pro at it now anyway I mean (laughs) how different is it for you now compared to when you were you know 15, 16? Yeah completely different honestly when I was younger I had you know, not a warrior in the world. I didn't get nervous. I had no pressure. I had no expectations. So it was kind of nice. I competed at my first Olympic trials by invitation as just sort of a talented kid that they invited along back in 2008. Yeah, wow. So it was a very long time ago. And then qualified for my first Olympics in 2012. Um, and then sort of 2016, 2020, and now moving into 2024. 
I've got all the experience, which is great, but that also comes with a lot of expectation, a bit of pressure, but, you know, we do a lot of work to sort of get our mindset in the right spot to be able to do with all that. So I'm feeling good. Oh, amazing. What a journey. I I would love if you're open to sharing some of those tips and tricks that you use to handle the pressure and the stress and anxiety that comes with it. For sure. I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned over the years is to focus on the things that I can control. And I know it sounds super cliche, but I used to get really distracted by worrying about, you know, what the coaches thought, worrying about what the judges thought. If I did a bad dive, is everyone going to think I'm bad or not prepared? Mm. Um, And that really sort of one took my focus away, which led to poor performance, but also made me not really enjoy competing. And I had to really stop and think, I train 30 hours a week, you know, pretty much we only get two weeks off a year. So most most days of every year and then I get to a competition, which is what we train for and I don't want to be here and I don't want to compete and I get really nervous. And so thankfully, probably five or six years ago now, I found a really good sports act that worked for me um, and she's been incredible in sort of reframing, all right, well, let's think about why am I diving? What is my purpose? What are my values? If I have that all very clear, which is clear to me now, um, then what I'm doing in the pool I'm training as hard as I can. I'm preparing the best that I can. And I know who I am and what I stand for. And at the end of the day, it's just a diving competition. I've done all the work to put myself in the best position to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the day, if I can control my nerves and use breathing techniques, a lot of visualization, and then just really trust the process, then whatever happens, happens. Um, if I do well, that's great. If I don't, I get up the next day and the world continues to spin. So <laughs> I sort of... <laughs> More take that route now where I just let the work, you know, do its job and I keep a steady mindset and then, you know, most of the time I come out of that um, doing well. So yeah. that's what works for me. Yeah. Good on you for seeking that psychologist help and outside help. I think there's still, I mean, I know coming out of COVID, there's so much demand for it, but mm-hmm. I do think there's still a stigma associated with seeing a psychologist um I mean what's your experience been like what yeah. would you say to the people who are you know like I think people oh, think gosh. they must be like if I use marriage counseling as an example I yeah the traditional um thought process to it is we must be heading for divorce yeah. splitting up if we need yeah. to see a counselor as opposed to a self-help yeah. growth development tool yeah I mean to be honest I'm that like annoying friend annoying sister <laughs> annoying daughter that's like talk to someone like I you know I feel very privileged that I've been in a position as an athlete and part of an institute where that help has been a resource that's readily available for us yeah Um, but with my sports psychologists obviously a lot of people probably think oh you talk to her about performance and how do you win gold medals but 95 percent of the time I talk to my sports psych about life and things outside of the pool that enable to me enable me to be in a good place mentally in the pool and then that you know the rest kind of takes care of itself so gosh I think in this day and age we really need to get past you know the thought that seeking help and communicating with someone a professional who is literally trained to help you try and get the best out of yourself and your life and your relationships whatever it might be Mm. um, I think we're silly if we don't utilize that and gosh I have absolutely no worries talking to anyone about anything if they you know can help me be a better version of me so yeah, yeah, I 100% encourage it. Um, and 
And yeah. I love that. I love what you just said then, being a better version of you. And that's the way yeah, I, that's what it's all I about, look right? at it. I sort of go, all right, well, you know, we've got all these ebbs and flows and different things that are happening in our life. And sometimes yeah. we're equipped with the experience yeah. and skills that we've had from our life so far to get through that and other times we're not and we might need someone else to help us along the way and we might not have that person in our life who has the skills to do that so you have to seek someone who who can do that not even on that just you know maybe there's something like that you want to work on about yourself. Like I'd love to, yep. to be able to control not going from zero to 100 with my kids as often. Yeah. All those sort of things. Yeah. Okay. It's just something about me that I'd love to be able to change. And I know. Them, and so. a lot of the time I think we think we can like tackle everything on our own and want to be able to just figure it out. But sometimes you do get to a point where it is, even if it's just, you know, someone listening to you just letting it out and getting it out sometimes can also be beneficial as well. But everyone's a work in progress and I think, Yep. I mean, that's like the beauty of life. If we all had it sorted, I think we'd everything would be pretty boring. So we just got to keep battling forward to try and get the best out of ourselves, I think, and that's what I try and do for sure. Yeah. I um, did an interview with Steph Pram earlier in the year, so obviously another Olympian, yeah. and I think there's the thought that if, you know, you're that good at your sport, you've got this innate motivation to mm-hmm. get up and do what you need to do on a daily basis. And she sort of opened my eyes to go, well, it's not actually innate. Yeah. Is that yeah. the same for you? How do you, you know, yeah. get periods where you're not feeling as motivated? It's funny because as a kid and probably lots of kids who get into sport, again, I was super bubbly, energetic. Mum didn't have to wake me up in the morning. I'd be bouncing out of the bed, going to training <laughs> and sort of didn't have a worry in the world. But as you get older, obviously that reality sort of changes when you have far more responsibilities and, you know, things that come with being an adult. But I think for me now I keep, you know, I've been diving a very long time and it is pretty repetitive and sort of I know what it's all about now. So it can sometimes get a little bit boring and the motivation definitely drops off. But Mm. I just try and keep my goals front of mind, which, you know, for me right now I'm at the very end of my career and, and Paris is sort of that last Um, Olympics that I'm really aiming for but at the end of the day I just want to try and be the best athlete that I can be I know that there's still potential for me to make that Olympic team to win another medal at the Olympics so I keep that front of my mind Um, and then day to day it's for me it's all about reminding myself that consistency pays off in the end and even if I don't feel great like for example yesterday I honestly had a rough day I've traveled up to Brisbane for a training camp so I was up early on a plane had to come to our accommodation, quickly drop our bags, go to the pool. I was pretty exhausted and just not really feeling like I was in a good mindset to get a, you know, have a really good session. But I had to remind myself, I'm just going to turn up. I'm going to do the best with what I have today, which is maybe 70% of my capacity. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be better than not turning up at all and, you know, not getting anything out of the day. So um, there's been days sometimes also I have to call my coach and say, I need more rest today and I'm not coming to training and that's totally okay. So mm-hmm. I think just knowing when you feel good and you can push really hard, you make the most of that. And then in between when your motivation's not high, you just got to have to focus on something that will get you through that session. And to me, you know, sometimes it's even reminding myself, my competitors are up and training right now. So if I'm stuck at home in bed, cause I can't be bothered, well, I'm probably not going to get close to my goals. So yes, little things like that. But also giving yourself grace. I've got, you know, I don't train on a Wednesday. I have a wellness Wednesday every week. And I use that time to really relax, do things that I enjoy, switch off from diving. And that helps my motivation through the end of the week for training. So figuring out things like that has also helped me. 
Yeah, great. Wellness Wednesday. I'm sure there'll be lots of people listening to that going, um, yeah. take that and run yeah, with that. Thank courage. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think that's great advice around A, finding a goal or, and that was the same with Steph too. What what are the yeah. things, like what's your core value yeah. goal and what are you working towards? And then also um, to your point, giving yourself the grace to go, all right, yes. today is not the day that I'm feeling, you know, 100%. So if if I'm only giving 70% today, then that's okay. Yes, yeah, exactly. Tomorrow is a new day. Yes. How did you get into diving originally? Well, I was like in, you know, super sporty, doing four or five different sports, but all pretty sort of mainstream netball, soccer, little athletics, those kinds of sports. Yeah. But I did have a trampoline in my backyard and used to, you know, be bouncing on that thing all night and teaching myself backflips and different tricks. So sort of had had this um, innate sort of acrobatic and aerial awareness um, <laughs> gymnastic sort of ability, which right. I don't know, I just had boundless, you know, endless amounts of energy. So the trampoline was my best friend. But because of that, we went um, to a local pool in the school holidays where usually, you, you know, the kids are running all over those inflatable things in the holidays and yes. but um there was a diving pool there and I tried the holiday program just one session and you know you kind of warm up on the trampoline so the coach had seen that I had a little bit yeah. of talent and then we got in the pool I'd never dived in my life but very quickly learned a couple of different skills and yeah the coach asked me to or asked my parents to sign me up for the term program just once a week so I did that and then when I was about 13 or 14, a junior high performance program was starting at MSAC at Albert Park, um, where obviously our main pool is now, and got into that program at 14. Pretty much ever since then have trained 10 times a week, 30 hours a week, and the kind of the rest is history. So Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was oh. pretty random. But, um, yeah, I think I just I had a knack for diving and sort of found, found the right sport. Never a fear factor of the height. Some of those boards are high. Yeah, I used to do the 10-metre platform a lot when I was younger and sort of you do both, the 10-metre platform and the 3-metre springboard as kids and then eventually you do try and specialise because it's they're very different events and it's hard to try and be the best in the world on both. But, yeah, um, yeah, no fear as a kid. I used to stand up there backwards and fling myself off three and a half times in a tuck position, but <laughs> you will not catch me doing that any day now. So I'm, I stick to the 3-metre and I'm very happy down on the springboard. Yeah. You're made for it then, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you. I noticed that you had the Achilles injury, was it? Yeah, yeah. I know. I think that's about the time when we met with the yes. Yes. Um How do you mentally get through that? That would be, I can imagine, very frustrating for an athlete. Yeah, so um, I ruptured my Achilles on an African safari in December <laughs> 2023 um you can uh-huh. imagine that was not a great conversation to have with my coach from <laughs> in your two weeks off that you had yeah, in my two weeks <laughs> off um but you know I've, I've had a very long career and I've been very fortunate to probably not have had a, a long-term injury yet so when that happened not gonna lie the first thing that went through my head is that maybe this is it maybe this is my time I'm not going to be able to make it back rupturing yeah. Achilles is a major major injury so you know, I did think, I'm like, well, oh, this might be my retirement. Um, but thankfully also in Melbourne, I've got a very strong team of um, professionals, physios, doctors, massage therapists, dietitians, everyone around me to sort of put me in the best position to help me through my recovery. Um, and my physio had dealt with a couple of Achilles with netball athletes before, so he knew exactly what that rehab was going to look like. 
Um, but it was a very confronting and scary process for me. Again, being an athlete in an individual sport, so much of what I do is within my control. And, mm. you know, if I turn up to training and I train hard, I know what the outcome is going to be. But dealing with an Achilles that I'd obviously not experienced before and it's totally sort of out of my control and I just have to wait the time and do the work to rehab that injury, it was very challenging. Um, lost a lot of independence, obviously. I was in a boot and on crutches for about three months, so needed a lot of help from a lot of people around me, um, which, again, I'm fortunate to have those people who are ready to help me out. Uh, but, it, yeah, it definitely taught me some lessons in patience, um, <laughs> trusting the process, just doing, you know, putting in that work to find and also focusing on really little wins. You know, okay. I was training around people around me who are training full-time and obviously fully fit. And it was really hard to watch when I couldn't even put my foot flat on the ground and hold my own body weight. So yeah, I remember getting in the pool and going for a swim and thinking, all right, I just swam 500 metres for the first time in my life. That's a win. Even if I couldn't kick my legs or whatever, um, that's a win. When I could stand on my own two feet in, without a boot on for the first time, that was a win. Mm. I could do a little calf raise on my right leg. That was a win. So slowly Breaking but short. Down. Short. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Really breaking them down. Um, and now, you know, I'm 11 months down the track and pretty much back to being fully fit and fully training. Um, and now that all seems kind of like history. But yeah, fantastic. yeah, a definite learning experience. Um, but one that I definitely would not have come out this other end and recovered really quickly without that support network around me. Yeah. Amazing. Um. Mm, I think you've talked about it already, and I don't know if there's any more to this, but around balance, you've got your Wellness Wednesdays. Are there any other small things that you feel that you do um, to help you feel balanced around that Wellness Wednesday? Yeah, for sure. So my diving training is pretty intense and it's obviously repetitive, as I've mentioned. So, But I also love moving my body and I love you know, feeling healthy and fueling my body right. And, um, you know, I've always loved either going to yoga or doing a Pilates session on a Wednesday as well, which is, you know, we don't have time to do throughout our normal schedule during the week, but on yeah. that Wednesday I can do something for myself and take, you know, an hour and a half at night time or, you know, I go to an early morning yoga or now with my Euroformer bed in my lounge room, I can do that <laughs> at night time in my pyjamas and it's just time for me to do something that I want to do and no one's program you know no one's programming me something as my coach um, I'm doing it because I want to do it and it's good for my body so that stuff is honestly it's a hundred percent for my like mental game and it yeah. allows me to switch off it allows me to fill my cup up it makes me feel good um, so yeah on that Wednesday I always try and get outside go for a walk if the weather's nice and then move my body in one of those two ways um, and just eat yummy food and catch up with a friend or sit, go see my grandma down the peninsula or something like that. Mm. Are you pretty strict with nutrition? Do you have to be? Um, I've definitely learned over the years that if I feel my body correctly, I feel better and I perform better. But I'm definitely, I wouldn't say I'm strict. I just intuitively eat and I know that eating healthy makes me feel good. But, you know, I go out on the weekends with my friends for dinner and we have pizza and I drink a glass of wine and I'll have a gelato and I don't even yeah. think twice about it. So during the week when I'm training, I try and, you know, my meals are sort of planned around my training because... I go to gym in the morning. I have to have a big breakfast to recover afterwards. I have to have lunch about 90 minutes to two hours before my afternoon session because I need yeah. to digest my food before I'm doing flips and twists and, <laughs> and I'm hungry as soon as I'm done and then I go home and have dinner. So 
it kind of is a based around my training, but I also love food and I love good food. So yeah, eating a variety of all different things um, is fun for me. I enjoy cooking, but I also love eating out and um, using that as like a social thing as well. So yeah, I'm I'm healthy probably 80, 85% of the time, but then yeah, I moderation. having that balance makes it healthy as well. So yes, absolutely. Go-to snacks. What are yours? Oh, well, I've got bananas here behind me with almond butter. I also do love anything with avocado. Like a snack for me is honestly like a piece of sourdough with s- some smashed avo, some goat's cheese and Yum. Else sprinkled on top. But um, You can tell you're from Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> smashed <I'm>, avo. <laughs> I've been in Brisbane for 24 hours and I'm like, where are the good cafes at? But no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty easy also when it comes to food. I eat anything. So yeah, fantastic. You obviously you're in the public eye. I mean, you've got a huge social following as well. Um, and definitely I think because you're that way, you pit it as a role model, whether you like it or not, yeah. young women. Um, I think you do that wonderfully, but I'm curious how does it impact your decisions? Do you think about that? Um, you know, what's your attitude towards social media? Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I think I've naturally always enjoyed being a leader and, um, you know, being that role model for especially younger girls in sport and then just females in general. Um, I have enjoyed that role and I think that comes a bit naturally to me. So with my social media, I feel like I haven't had to try hard to either make that my persona or be careful of what I post because it might have an impact on people. I think I try and be super authentic and that comes across, um, you know, and I've built a following over many, many, many years, I think from being authentically me and Mm -hmm. um, most, you know, my friends will tell you that who I am on social media is who I am in real life. So that makes my job easier because it doesn't put too much pressure on me having to pretend I'm someone else online and, and then yeah. worry about, you know, if I'm acting the same way in, in person. So I enjoy being a role model for younger kids. I enjoy having the kids, especially at diving, being comfortable coming up to me and asking me questions and asking me for advice. And I like to create that um, or sort of break down those barriers online so that people feel comfortable doing that in real life. So yeah, I know these days with social media, it can be really tough and it's a responsibility if you do have a large following. Um, but I do take it, well, not, I don't take it seriously, but I um, appreciate that and I respect it and I try and do my best job to, you know, just be me and stay in my lane and not try and be anyone else. So yes. it's it seems to have worked, which I is good. I think you do a wonderful job. So Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. There are days though that I'm like, do people even care? Maybe I just stop posting and disappear offline. But when you get that one message from that kid that says, oh, that, you know, I, I relate to that or that made, made sense and helped my day, then that sort of makes it all better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be very rewarding for yes. sure. Um, what? Where do you find your inspiration? What do you attribute to your success other than obviously being clearly very laser-focused on goals and, and being able to work towards that? Is there anything else that you think um, what inspires you? My success? Um, honestly, like I've always been super sport-obsessed and my mm-hmm. idols and my role models have always been elite athletes and sporting stars so that's kind of just been the world that I've grown up with um but I also you know I have been very fortunate to travel a lot for diving and I've you know competed for Australia overseas in heaps and heaps of countries 
but I've also, you know, only really seen a lot of diving pools and you don't really get to see <laughs> a lot of that country. So even like now when I have two weeks off and I get to travel overseas and go to a different country and see, you know, how different people live and their environments and that gives me energy to then go back to my normal life and, you know, put in as much work and also understand how much privilege we have in Australia to yes. one, be living in Australia, but then to also me being an athlete and having that privilege of training every day, doing something that I love as my job, um, that sort of inspires me when, as I said, last year I was in Africa and you see these kids that have next to nothing and they're so happy and they're laughing and they love seeing you and they love having that interaction. But, um, you know, sometimes it makes our problems seem very, very small mm. and gives you that sense of perspective and um, that inspires me to go back home and work hard and, and be the best at what I do. So, yeah, those little things, I think naturally I'm just wired that way, but also, you know, seeing the world and understanding the world and understanding the privilege that we have um, sort of keeps me going and makes me want to make the most of my opportunities as well. Yeah, you've got a great sense of gratitude and perspective yeah, for yeah. what you have. Yeah, I love that. Um, what's something people don't know about you? Oh, people don't know about me. I feel like I'm an open book. A little quirk. <laughs> um, a little quirk. I know how to play the piano. Oh. <laughs> people probably wouldn't wouldn't um, realise that, but, I yeah, I can read music. So I can, if I have a sheet of music in front of me, I could generally try and figure out how to play it on a piano. So that's um, a little bit of a quirk. Yay. I play the also, piano too. I do? And yeah. Then, I haven't played it in a long time, but oh, in a while, <laughs> but I can read music. So that's kind of like a fun skill to have. That is. Uh, and then also maybe one other thing, my mum's family is actually from Mauritius, which is a, like a really tiny island off the coast of sort of the side of Madagascar. So yeah. when I tell people I'm half Mauritian, they're like, one, either where is that? Or <laughs> I feel that my mum's whole family lived there and she moved over here or her parents moved over here when she was pretty young. And if that all hadn't have happened, I wouldn't exist. So yeah. that's also, um, yeah, I love that about my family history. That's probably also a part that I can see how that makes up your appreciation for travel and yeah. Yeah. how different people live and all of that as well, yeah. having a different background. Yes. Would all play into who what makes you you. Yes. Um, what's, you touched on sort of, you know, you like having that open book policy and people being approachable to young people, budding, like wanting to be an athlete and so forth, you know, what's your advice to young budding athletes that are, have their dreams of one day competing at the Olympics like you are? Well, I would just say um, be super confident and okay in your own journey and just sticking on your own journey. I wasted so much time in my young or sort of in the middle part of my career, um, you know, and when you're going through puberty and everything's changing and, you know, your hormones are changing and you kind of take more, um, you know, you're aware of things going around you a little bit more. I sort of strayed from my own path and got really concerned with what other people were doing what other people looked like how they were training what they were doing that it really sort of took me off my own path and also again reduced my enjoyment and happiness level a lot during that period so once I figured out that it's totally okay for me to just be me and to yeah. go on my journey and follow my path um, and see where that takes me I was a far happier and more successful athlete so just really trying to figure out who you are and stay authentic to yourself and not get swayed by so much noise and so much to, that there is to consume around us in this day yeah. and age. Um, that would be my number one tip for um, young girls growing up through sport now. Yeah, great advice. 
Um, you mentioned that you think Paris will be your last Olympics. What's what's next? Do you have what's your five year goals? That is the million dollar question. (laughs) Well, I feel you know, I feel like I'm in a fortunate position where I have put in a lot of work to figure out what I want to do after um, diving, but also to extend my network. And I have a lot of people who are ready to help me, you know, get into a different workplace or try out different things because I have all these ideas, but I have zero experience. So I'm not sure if what I want to do in my head, which might be staying involved in the high performance capacity in sport, but like in a sort of management role, or if that's working for one of my sponsors. Um, There's like one half of me that really thinks that I would be good at doing some real big boss lady role and and running with that and doing a good job at that. But the other half of me also would be totally happy to move to Canada and work at a wellness retreat and live in the mountains and live a really quiet life. So I'm kind of I'm confused at which direction I'm going to Both go. Both very out. different paths. You know, one know. Could help you get that way as well. Exactly. So. I think once I retire, I'll stay in sport for a little while because a lot of my connections are in that space. Um, but I'm sort of excited at the unknown and I feel okay knowing it's going to be challenging that transition and it is for every athlete, but mm-hmm. I'm confident that I will land somewhere and I will figure it out and I've got mm-hmm. lots of people waiting to help me along the way. So I'll have to touch base in like two years' time and let you know where I'm at. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, I have no <laughs> doubt that you're going to land on your feet and have a really exciting new career that you're um, oh, forging. You. I think um, it's been fantastic listening to your journey and your insights and what you've learned and I absolutely like from the position that I'm in in you know earning this business and all the learnings I've had there's so many parallels in being successful and getting through and managing all those different um, pressures and anxieties and stuff that come up and it's just going to set you um, in such good stead moving forward so thank um, you that's comforting to hear (laughs) no definitely definitely Um, and you've got the energy for it so (laughs) hopefully that doesn't run out (laughs) no no Um, I thank you for your time you've been so fun to talk to Um, I'm sure we could keep going on and on and on but we try to keep our podcast to 30 minutes Um, but yeah thank you very much for sharing all of that and from everyone at your reformer we wish you the very best in your training um thank you and thank you so much to everyone at your reformer for all your support because let me tell you especially through my rehab um you know having the capacity to do pilates at home and and to use my bed doing exercises that i have to do for diving and for my recovery specifically um has helped me to get back on the boards as quickly as i did so thank really you. pleased to hear that pajamas and all i do my yes. pajamas all the time yes it's <laughs> the best Love it. <laughs> all right thanks so much Belle, for your chat thank you Thank you for listening to the episode. It would mean so much if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. You could also take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us at Your Reformer. If you'd like to learn more about Your Reformer and our products, head to yourreformer.com.au. I'll catch you in the next episode. Keep moving. I'm not